Welcome to the official broadcast of Life Fellowship Ministries in Kima, Texas. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. Be sure to visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. Well, let's recite our mission statement. Come on, you know what it is. To develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. So I'm, I want to challenge you with a couple of questions like I do from time to time. How's your relationship with Christ? I mean, how is it really? When, when, you, when you stop and, and take stock, where are your youth? You guys are dismissed. Head on back, man. <laughs> How's your relationship with Christ? Are you growing closer to the Lord? Are you being honest with Him? Do you know that you can be honest with Him? Are you being honest with yourself and your station in life and what's going on? Are you, are you speaking forth to Him and saying, God, I, you know, I thank you for these victories or, Lord, I, I, I ask for your help in these challenges? Are you being real with Him? Because this relationship is the foundation, should be the foundation of our lives. So let's recite our vision statement. It is to become mature I'm sorry, it is, be, it is to become disciples who will impact the world with the love of Jesus Christ. Sometimes I get off track here. I'm thinking about 15 different things. So, to become disciples who will impact the world with the love of Jesus Christ. So, it begins with this relationship that we have with Him that then expands out to the world around us. And uh, the Lord desires an intimate, personal, real relationship with Him. Uh, this relationship is based on love, his love for us, our love for him, and our love for one another. So, as I already told you, I'm going to talk about love today. This is probably one of my favorite topics. And uh, uh, some of you know that I had the opportunity a few weeks ago to speak at Nalberto's church and where the praise team is from. And uh, it was a great service. They, their, uh, their dynamics and their culture is different than ours, but you know what? It's the same Spirit of God. It's the same body of Christ, and we had a great time there, and it was such an honor to get to share uh, with their, their family there, and, and uh, whenever, whenever I have the opportunity to go and speak somewhere, uh, I would love for you guys to come and join me because it's, it's great to experience the culture of a different church and the dynamics of that family and we had so much fun. I had a translator uh, that would translate in Spanish, and it was just really, it was really a fun service, and, and we had a great time, and it's, it's always a great opportunity and privilege to get to go to someone else's home and, 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 and speak into their family, and also, it's not only giving, but receiving as well. And uh, I, I wanted to just thank those that, that went. Uh, Pastor Christine went. Tony and Deborah went with us. John went. Uh, Lou and, and Michael went. So I want to thank you guys for joining us. And whenever we have the opportunity to do that, we should, we should do that. Because it's fun to just experience that whole different dynamic. So this morning, I'm going to talk about love. And oh, I wanted to say this too. When I was working on the sermon for our teaching over there, I, I, was, I thought, you know, it would be kind of cool if I used the, the letters of L-O-V-E as my points. And so I was, you know, I felt like things were really flowing. And then this thought came to mind. It's like, well, love in Spanish is amor, A-M-O-R. Oh, no, I need to change all my points now, right? 
But I felt like the Lord said, no, that's fine. Just stay with L-O-V-E. So that, that's what we're going to do this morning. So L, uh, my first point is license. And uh, when, we, when we come to the Lord, we have the privilege and the responsibility to love others like Christ, like he loves us and he loves others. Think about when you, uh, for those of you who have a driver's license, I think probably most everybody does, think about when you had that opportunity to, to get your driver's license. Now you have access to the rights, but also the responsibilities that are attached to that privilege, because it's a privilege, right? It's a privilege. And so when, when we think about God filling us with his love, It's a privilege that we get to be dispensers of that love to other people. So there's a responsibility uh, and there are rights that go along with that. And so we've been given, you've been given, the license to love others. It's more than a license, though, actually. It's more than a request as well. It's a command that Christ has given to us. And uh, I'm going to go to John chapter 13 And Jesus is sharing his last meal with his disciples. Judas has just left to betray Jesus. And this is what Jesus says. Dear children, I will be with you only a little longer. I can only imagine the depth and the heaviness and the sorrow that Jesus felt because he'd been spending lots of time with these guys and now he knows that he's departing from this earth. And, uh, you know, I, I can only imagine... The depth of that, you know, when we have people that are are part of our family here at Life Fellowship and they move to another state or they move to another uh, uh, city or something like that, we all kind of sense that, right? We're like, oh, man, we we have this relationship, but we're not going to be seeing you every Sunday and every Wednesday. And I can imagine the depth of heaviness in Jesus' voice because he was about to leave earth in this earthly human form and be leaving them behind. And so we also know that uh, Jesus wept when, when, he, when he went to the tomb where Lazarus was, even though he raised him from the dead. So Jesus felt those emotions and those feelings that we feel. Even though he could and he did raise him from the dead, he still felt those emotions and feelings. He goes on to say here, Dear, dear children, I will be with you only a little longer. And as I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you can't come where I'm going. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. And so as we've talked about this before, to love one another is not the new commandment because, well, let me read on. Love one another was given to Moses hundreds of years before in Leviticus 19.18. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against a fellow Israelite. But love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. So Jesus says, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. But what is the new commandment? Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. So that was the new commandment. Now Jesus has not only demonstrated love, but he's given them a template on how that they are to love one another. Because we know that he... he, uh, he washed their feet, and then he took off a towel and dried their feet. I mean, he demonstrated the lowest uh, servant in the house would normally do that. And so Jesus is demonstrating love, not just by saying, okay, go out and love one another, but let me prove it to you. So do we really love 
each other as Christ loves us? Do we receive his love and then just kind of bottle it up for ourselves? Or do we spread his love and give it to others? Are we a conduit that God can flow through, that his love can flow through? Because we were not meant, we were not built to be a silo just where this love flows into us and it's overflowing and then we build another silo and hang on to it. But we are designed to be a conduit to receive his love and then let his love flow out to others. John 13, 35, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So we can go around saying, hey, I'm a disciple of Christ. I'm a follower of Christ. Or we can go out and prove it by the way that we live it. So we have a license to love one another like Christ loves us. So you say you're a disciple of Christ? Prove it. <laughs> prove it. Come on, man. Let's see some proof that you are a disciple of Christ by loving one another. So license is my first point. My second point, oh, options. <laughs> Love is not always butterflies and puppy dogs. <laughs> and when, when I did that at their church, the translator <laughs> skipped across the stage with me in heels, yeah. Uh, so, you know, when we think about love, we think is sometimes, you ever run across this Christian, oh, I love you, brother, I love everything, everything is wonderful, and you're going, man, come on. You know, it may be going great for you right now, but I know that you have some challenges sometimes, cause, because we do, right? We live in this world where not everything is perfect, and, and uh, you know, we have the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit, but love sometimes can be difficult. Loving one another. To love one another like Christ loves us. Come on. If you can do that all the time, please talk to me. <laughs> because I don't always do that. You know, we, I don't know about you, but I think that sometimes I have a problem choosing my options. And I think we all do. Choosing our options on the, the people that we love or the depth in which we love others. Well, I love them because they love me. Or I love them because they have influence that benefits me. Or I love them for the things that they can do for me. Or I love them because fill in the blank. But have you ever thought about this? What about some of those people that I know I'm supposed to love, but I really don't like them very much. Husbands and wives, look at me right now, okay. But what about those people? Come on, can we be real today? We, we probably have those people in our life that, that are a challenge for us. And, uh, you know, what about loving those people? Maybe, maybe there are character issues in their life. Maybe they have a harsh personality or, you know, or, or whatever that looks like. But what about loving those unlovely people? What about loving the pimp or the prostitute or the, the murderer? What about loving those people? Can we love them? Here's one that's, that's always been a challenge for me, the child molester. How can I love that person? I think that's probably the most terrible thing a person can do is to abuse a child. But love is a verb. It's an action word. 
Love is a choice and a command. So what do we do with that? Do we really choose to love people? Do we really understand the command that Jesus has given to us? We can look at his example. Hung on a cross for our sins. Father, forgive them for they they know not what they're doing. How would we be? Now let me change that question. How are we? <laughs> Love is a choice and a command. Romans thirteen eight through 10 says, Owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. Don't owe them anything. You use your lawnmower and you break it, fix it. Go buy them another one, whatever. Owe nothing to no one except what? To love them. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. Well, if I love my neighbor, I'm not going to be sleeping with his wife. I'm not going to be stealing from him. I'm not going to be lying to him. I'm not going to be doing some of these things to my neighbor, right? If I really love them, if you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. Verse 9, for the commandments say, you must not commit adultery. You must not murder. You must not steal. You must not covet. These and other such commandments are summed up in this one commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. Do we have any problems loving ourselves? We take care of ourselves when we're hungry, when we need something. But what if we loved our neighbors as we love ourselves? Verse 10, love does no wrong to others, so love fulfills the requirements of God's law. I don't see any loopholes here. <laughs> I choose to love them. I choose not to love them. What if we said, I choose to love all of them? regardless of what they've done. Amen? No, we don't get to choose. James 1.22, I love this. But don't just listen to God's word. We, sometimes we want to take God's word and we want to listen to it and we want to say, oh yeah, well so-and-so needs to hear that message. <laughs> hey, you need to listen to this message. Also, James 1.22 says, be doers of the word. Uh, so, you know, but the message is for us. So we need to listen to God's word, but... Look at the next sentence. You must do what it says. <laughs> Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. Otherwise, you're only playing church. So we need to, to take God's word, and then we need to go out and live this thing out. John thirteen thirty five again. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And so when we talk about this phrase, live it, that we use a lot here, that means let's live what we say we believe or shut up. Nobody wants to hear it. People want to see it. All right, so can we go out and live it? Can we? And I'm not talking about being perfect and performing and jumping through hoops because none of us are perfect. We all make mistakes. Yes. My wife confirmed that. I make mistakes. And so, you know, it's not about being perfect. It's about just living this life and allowing God to pour his love through us in the daily circumstances of life and the daily challenges of life, and, and linking arms with other people and saying, look, let me, let's walk together. Because you're going to go through challenges, I'm going to go through challenges, and we can help one another. We can be there for one another. That's why the local church is so vitally important, that we have these relationships that we can help one another and walk with one another through life. 
So my first point is L is the license. We have a license. We have a responsibility to love one another. We have options to love one another. And let's make the right options. Let's make godly options that we're going to choose to love one another to the best of our ability. My third point is vulnerability. We've all been hurt by someone. And uh, one of the most hurtful things that I'm sure all of us have experienced is when we um, love someone and we pray for them and uh, we defend them and we stand in the gap for them to be betrayed and stabbed in the back, talked about. I mean, I, I, you know, as a pastor... We've had people at this church that we've loved and we've poured into, we've protected, we've defended, we've helped. And then they leave the church and they'll go and talk about us or say things. And I'm like, what did we ever do but love you? That, that's hurtful. And I'm sure you've had that same experience where you've loved on someone and tried to help them and then something happens or something doesn't happen. You don't even know what happens and they go out there and they're talking about you and stabbing you in the back. That's a hurtful thing, when, especially when all you've ever done is to help them. And I can think of situations like, what have we ever done but try to help and love these people? What have we ever done to hurt them? Certainly no, nothing intentional, but, but that happens to all of us. And, and so there's, there's a vulnerability that we need to uh, take a risk at because when we risk out, yes, we may get hurt. But I look across this room and I see the relationships that we have where we've made ourselves vulnerable and they are so rich. Think about your, your family, your, your siblings, your parents. You know, uh, not everything is always butterflies and puppy dogs, right? But that's part of the relationship building where you can be real and you can be honest with one another. And, you know, I want to kind of digress a little bit here maybe, but if you see someone doing something uh, uh, where they're talking about one another or something like that, stop it. Stop. Get, intervene. And say, no, listen, Matthew eighteen fifteen through 20 says, if you have a problem with someone, go talk to everybody else about it. <laughs> oh, wait, that's what we do. Matthew eighteen fifteen says, if you've got a problem, go talk to them. So if, if you walk up on a conversation or you're involved or you're you're having a conversation with someone where you're saying, you know what, I've got this issue and you know what you know what so and so did and blah blah blah. Stop. Because that person that you're talking to, unless it's the one that you have the offense with, can't do anything about it. Your your problem is with someone else. So go talk to that person. And if if you if you see somebody else that has an issue with somebody else. Intervene. Stop and say, hey, wait a minute. Bob, I know you're talking to Joe about Tommy, but you need to go talk to Tommy. I was talking with somebody recently, and they were talking about an offense where someone had come and talked to them about an offense they had with someone else, and then the person that was offended went to the offendee. I don't know if that's right. They went to the offended person, and, and they, restored, they restored their relationship. But this person that had got in the middle of that conversation now was left out. And they still had an offense against this person because of the conversation that this person had with them. It wasn't even their offense. 
But now they have taken up that offense because there's not grace for that person because they were never supposed to be in the mix. So you can love one another by, by, by getting in somebody's life and saying, wait a minute, if you've got a problem, you need to go talk to them. Don't talk to me about it. So if, if someone has something to say about me or, or Pastor Christine, you need to stop them and say, hey, go talk to them. You go talk to them. And we, we've said numerous times that we have an open-door policy. If you've got any kind of issue with us or some, something going on in the church, come and talk to us. But you shouldn't be talking about other people. So it, we've been talking about foundations, right, in the last few weeks. And we're doing Wednesday night classes talking about these issues. Where in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1, where the writer of Hebrews says, Do we need to continue to go over the basic fundamental things about repentance from sin or dead works? About, uh, what's the second thing? A faith in God, uh, laying on of hands baptisms, eternal judgment, resurrection from the dead. And I think this is one of the things, too, that if we really love one another, we're not going to be talking about one another. We're going to be going to them because why? Because we love them, because we have a relationship with them. And as we have relationships with one another, we should understand, hey, listen, they're telling me something difficult to hear, but I know they're telling me in love and grace because they have my back. They love me. Those are the kinds of relationships that we are supposed to have. Those should not be atypical or anomalies. Those should be the norm, especially in the church, that we love one another, that we can tell one another and speak to one another in grace and love with truth. Because if, if, we're, not, if we're not really being honest with one another, hey man, you've got that needle in your arm, but I'm not going to say anything because you may get offended. If I've got a needle in my arm, if I've got an issue in my life, I would hope that someone would love me enough to come and say, hey man, let me, let me have a truth-telling session with you. Let me speak to you honestly. Because I love you. Not because I want to vent on you or beat you up or have an issue, but, but because I love you. So what if we really loved one another like that? And I'm talking about loving one another with love and grace because we have all messed up. All of sin have fallen short of God's glorious standard. But what if we really loved one another? Hebrews 13, 17 says, Obey your spiritual leaders and do what they say. Their work is to watch over your souls. And they, who? Your spiritual leaders. They are accountable to God. Give them reason to do this with joy and not with sorrow. That would certainly not be for your benefit. So there's going to come a day when I'm going to stand before the Lord and give an account for my role. My role is to lead and feed at this church. And so what if God, what if Jesus says, well, you know, you didn't really, you didn't teach people about tithing, where I wanted to pour out, open the windows of heaven like it talks about in Malachi. You didn't teach people about tithing. You didn't teach people about forgiveness. You didn't, you didn't talk straight to some people because they may get their feelings hurt. You think that's going to fly? <laughs> I'm not really willing to take that risk. Because I'm going to be accountable, and all of us are accountable, you know, to what, what God has given us to raising our families and, and, and loving one another. Because every day, every, every hour, we have the opportunity to choose to love one another and obey His commands 
It's a choice that we make, that God has given us. He's saying, listen, I've given you free will. So what are the choices we make? Don't allow someone to use you as a trash can and throw all their junk and their trash into you or to trash someone else. That's not love. So I know that you have opportunities in your jobs. I know you have opportunities in your workplace and and your neighborhood to love one another. But we need to understand these basic fundamental truths and principles that Jesus taught that we are to love one another like he loves us. And sometimes that requires us risking out, stepping out, maybe making ourselves a little bit vulnerable and saying, hey, man, you know, can I talk to you for a moment? I want, I want to talk to you because I really care about you. I care about your life. I care about your family. I care about you. That's love. Have you ever hurt anyone? Have you ever disobeyed the Lord? <laughs> that would be yes. Well, so have they. So there's grace. And I, I'm listen, I'm not promoting sinfulness and saying, hey, it's okay to disobey the Lord. But we all have. I, I mean, there have been times in my life where the Lord has said, the Holy Spirit said, hey, do this. And I'm like, ah, I really don't want to do this. I think I, I think I got this, God. And crash into a wall. So I don't know what your situation is like, but I would guess that all of us have chosen to disobey the Lord at some point in time of our life on something. So love requires us to be vulnerable, even to the Lord. God, I'm yielding my heart and my life to you. I don't like the situation I'm in right now, or I don't like this thing that's happening or where I'm at in my life, but God, I'm going to trust you to get me through the desert, to lead me and guide me because you know that I was going to be here. You knew that. And so I'm calling on you and I'm asking for your help. So I want to be vulnerable to you, God. I want to yield my heart and life to you because I know that you are for me. I know that in spite of what I see, maybe, that you are up to something good. Because your word says all things work to good to those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And so, you know, many times people will say, well, all things work together for good. Well, there's another part of that that's critical to that scripture. So let's not just cherry pick what we want to choose, but let's take the word, James 1.22, listen to God's word. Know his word and then go out and live it. Go out. We must do something with the word when we receive it, not just say that's for somebody else or, oh, that's a good word, but I'm not going to do anything with it. So we, we should take, take a chance and, and take a risk in loving others. We, yes, you may get hurt. And I'm not saying to be foolish, okay? I'm not saying to be crazy foolish. Uh, use discernment, but... But the point I'm trying to make is that the rewards are, uh, are worth the risk because the relationships that we have that are deep, that are solid, that are good, have required something. And, uh, and, and so God will use us to help one another grow. Allow God to pour love through your life to him 
and others. Paul and Silas and Timothy write to the early church in uh, the Thessalonians, and, and Timothy has reported back that these Christians are standing strong in their faith. So let's look at 1 Thessalonians 3.12. And may the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow just as our love for you overflows. And may the Lord make your love for one another. See, this is a supernatural thing that God does, I think, to, to allow us and cause us to really love others. And may the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow just as our love for you overflows. See, there was a strong love connection that Paul was, was trying to convey that they would catch this love thing, that God would transform their hearts and that the supernatural love would flow out of them. That, that's what he's talking about, I believe. These words in Greek, to grow and overflow in love, means to increase, to abound, superabound, have more than enough, to be over and above, to have an excess of agape love. That's what they, the writer was talking about. That's what these guys were talking about, to have that kind of love that just overflows. And the, I believe it's only the Lord that could cause us to love like that. It's a supernatural love. So, do you want to love like that? I mean, maybe you don't. Maybe you're like, eh, I don't know. I'm cool with it. I love myself. I'm good. I'm awesome. <laughs> but let me, let me challenge you with that. And if, if, that's, if you really want to love like that, I want us to recite this prayer. Just repeat after me, if you will. Lord, help me to love others. Like you love me. And love me with a passion and capacity to love others as you do. Lord, help me to love others like you love me and with the passion and capacity to love others as you do. Because I think God will do that God honors those kinds of prayers. When we pray from our heart and we say, God, I really want to yield my heart and life to you. God, I really want to love others like you love them. I really want to love others with the passion and capacity that you have for me. I think God honors that and he will do it. So my first point was L, license, O, opinion, uh, options, V, vulnerability, and E, expression. Romans 12, 9 and 10. Don't just pretend to love others, period. <laughs> but really love them. Have you ever said this? I love you! Or, I love you. <laughs> Do we really love others? Or are we kind of faking it? Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. God, help me to really love that cactus person. You get near them and they, they stick those spines in you. Help me to really love them. But if we could peel away the exterior of that cactus person, more than likely we'd see somebody there that's really hurt, really wounded, really insecure. You know, there could be a number of different things going on in that person's life. 
where they really need to be loved. They really want to be loved. They really, really want it, but yet they reject people. Maybe they've been so hurt and rejected that they don't know how to, how to be received. I know people like that. That I, I, I know somebody that is so, has so hurt and wounded and has been so rejected that they now kind of have a self-fulfilling prophecy. They walk into a room and, and they've already determined, I'm going to be rejected. So they walk in and they act like a jerk. And then guess what happens? <laughs> they get rejected. And it just feeds that thing. But what if you were the person that God used to reach in, fighting through those thorns and the cactus and getting stuck a couple of times, and said, hey, man, I'm willing to love you. Not love the way that you're acting right now, but just begin to share the hope of Christ with you that you could experience this transforming love in your life. And you wouldn't have to be a cactus person the rest of your life. That you could just allow God to do some healing in your life and touch you. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. I'm going to, you know, step over a line here, but, you know, the, the word says that we shouldn't murder. And we have Christians, we have people that are supporting abortion and saying it's okay. It's not okay. And if you've had an abortion, listen, I'm not, I'm not here to beat you up. There's grace and forgiveness for those things, okay? But we need to hate what is evil. And as Christians, we, we need to stand up, you know, and say, hey, this is wrong. So what the word says, hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. What's good is God's love and His grace and forgiveness. Because all of us have sinned. All of us have stumbled. And if, if, you, know, if you know somebody that, that's had an abortion, you can begin to share this, this grace and this love with them. Because I don't know what that's like. But whatever it is, we need to stand up for, for God. We need to stand up for good. And quit compromising our lives. And quit saying it's okay. Well, someone may get offended. Well, they're going to get offended at, 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 the, at the word of God. They're going to get offended. Oh, he's hanging. They, you know, they talk about Jesus dying on the cross. It's offensive in blood and stuff. Well, that's part of the, what Jesus did for you, for the forgiveness for all of our sins. We need to stand up as Christians, and we need to go out and live this thing out and, and not be so fearful that somebody's going to say something or somebody's going to talk about it. They're going to say something. They're going to talk about you. But at least you can be giving them the truth. Do you really love them enough to tell them the truth? Love each other with genuine affection. And take delight in honoring each other. Love one another with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. So genuine love can look like honoring others like serving others, like being selfless, like preferring others. Let me read it in the New American Standard Bible. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. 
So you see somebody that's struggling, somebody that's digging a ditch. Hey, man, can I, can I take that shovel? Let me help you. Let me help you dig that ditch. Let me, let me get in the ditch with you. Listen, I'm, I'm with this guy. I'm with this gal. I'm with this person. You're going to hit them? You're going to have to hit me first. Bam. Can you take a hit for somebody? Will you take a hit for someone? <laughs> well, I, you know, I don't love them that much. You're going to have to take your own hit. Let me pray with you. Maybe the Lord will give you a prophetic or an encouraging word for someone. Are you willing to be pliable? Even when it's inconvenient? Well, God, I'm kind of busy right now. I'm on my way to church. I really can't stop and help that person. Maybe somebody else will. God, I'm working on a sermon. I, I really don't want to be inconvenienced with calling somebody and encouraging them. I'm doing the Lord's work here, Lord. And so the Lord may use you. The Lord will use you. And so maybe, maybe it's, it's just something simple as uh, a prophetic word or something that the Lord has shared with you. Or I feel like the Lord has told me that it was in the last hour where your brother received the Lord. Or this thing that that the Lord is building is based on love. And I see abundant love in your life. I see abundant fruit in your life that you may not be able to recognize, but God sees that. So what if we were willing vessels that God could use and just pour his love through, that we would be willing to step out, that we would be willing to stop our busy schedule and pick up the phone and just call somebody Say, hey, man, I just want to call and encourage you. I want to tell you how much I love you. I don't know what's going on right now. Maybe nothing. But I can't count the number of times where the Holy Spirit has prompted me to do something. And it's like perfect timing. Hey, man. You know, this this one friend of mine, I hadn't talked to him in years. I called him up, and he was on my mind. I said, hey, Rick, I just wanted to give you a call. And he said, thank you so much. My mom just died. So I was able to pray with him. That's not anything that I did, that I knew. The only thing I did was be receptive to what the Holy Spirit was saying and then just do what he asked me to do. Love is not always clean. Sometimes it requires you to dig down in the muck and the mire of life, of people's lives. Love is not always easy. It's not always fun. It's certainly not always convenient. <laughs> it's a commitment to love that Jesus has called us to demonstrate. 1 Peter 1.22 says, You were cleansed from your sins when what? You obeyed the truth. So now, if you want to, if you feel like it, you can show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. <laughs> it doesn't say that. So now you must, say must. must, so now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all your heart. Love each other deeply with all your heart. But God, I may get hurt. You may get hurt. 
But God, they may take advantage of me. Yeah, they may take advantage of you. Look what they did to Jesus. Yeah. It's not always fun and easy, but we are called to love each other deeply with all of our hearts. Not just a little, but with everything within us. With all our heart. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Hey, man, I've got this knucklehead at work that I'm working with, and I don't know how to handle him. I don't know what to do about the situation. Well, maybe you could do something nice for them. Maybe you could bring some breakfast tacos and put them on their desk. Maybe you could go out to the warehouse and pick up their items for them. Maybe you could do something nice to take some of the workload off of them. Maybe you could do something that would encourage them to acts of love and good works by demonstrating some acts of love and good works. Maybe you could pray about it and ask the Lord what he wants you to do and how he wants you to demonstrate the love of Christ to this person. Hebrews 10.25 says, And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Your presence and your attendance here is important because you may have a word for somebody when you leave this place that God has given you to give to that person. Or you may be here and you may be wanting, uh, needing something that somebody else has, but you're not here. So how can you do that? How can you give the word? How can you receive the word? How can you encourage one another if you're not here? And so that's what the writer of Hebrews is talking about, that we are to come together and the local church, the body of Christ, is to build one another up and encourage one another. So my four points are license, options, vulnerability, and expression. Just think about that phrase that we just sang. You are a child of God. Jesus said, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples. Obey all that I've taught you. And know that I'll be with you till the ends of the age. That's what God has called us to do. And he's not going to tell us to do something that we're not empowered and equipped to do. So you have a great opportunity this week, every week, every day, every hour, maybe, except when you're sleeping, uh, to go out and make a difference. And I really want to encourage you guys to come. Please come on Wednesday from 7 to 8. When we, as we go through these foundational classes, they are helping us. They are helping us to grow and have a greater understanding and uh, the depth of what God has called us to do. And, and so please join us from 7 to 8 every Wednesday night. And in the meantime, God has called you to be a dispenser of His love, to receive His love and allow that to f overflow out of you, to just to touch the world around you. But that's a choice that we all make, especially with those prickly cactus people. Gosh, that, that God would just reach into their hearts and lives. Because you know what? We're probably a cactus person to somebody, or we have been. But maybe somebody loved us enough to pray for us and to demonstrate love to us when we didn't deserve it, but we really needed it. So I want to challenge you this week to make a difference in the world. God and love people. Go out and live it.
Thank you for tuning into our broadcast. For more information, be sure to find us at our website at www.lifefellowship.me or call us at 832-864-2800. Have a great week and remember to live it. God bless.